Hallelujah. Why don't you turn with me this morning to 1 John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Oh, Father, we're so thankful for your word. <laughs> we love it so much, and we're, we're so thankful for all the uh, enlightenment you bring to our lives. And so we ask you again today, Father, for your help, for your grace. We're, we're thankful that we have it, and by faith, we reach out for all that you have for us. By faith, we say that we'll minister exactly what you'd have us to minister and we'd receive exactly what you'd want us to receive and we'll hear all that you need us to hear. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. First John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says this, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. What a statement. Everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. I've been meditating on this verse probably since November. He dealt with me in November to preach about faith in January. Isn't that interesting? And so he gave me a few months notice. And... Um, one might think, so you studied all kinds of verses all through December on faith. No, actually, I just, I just kept meditating on this one. It's very interesting. For everyone who's been born of God, everyone, who qualifies for this? Anyone who's been born of God, anyone who's been saved, qualifies, is able, has the equipment available to overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we know this. It, we could probably, some of us could look at our own lives and say, there have been situations that I did not overcome, <laughs> that I did not get to the other side of. And uh, so is this verse true or is this verse not true? The Bible's true, right? The Bible's true. So when we see a statement like this, what do we know? There's going to be some qualifiers either before it or after it or both. So when you see a statement that's absolute, that's so, uh, so matter of fact like that, you want to read the rest of the, the passage, right? The rest of the scripture, the rest, the rest of the chapter. You want to start reading around that and say, okay, what do I need to do to qualify for this verse? Mm -hmm. Right? Because we're... We're not going to look at this verse, this, this sentence, really. Everyone's been born of God, overcomes the world. We're not going to look at this and say, well, I didn't overcome, therefore, this isn't true. So we're saying that God's word isn't true, which means we're saying God isn't true. Then why are we here? Oh, wow. <laughs> Honestly, why, why? Why do this if it's not true? Oh, but it is true. Praise it the is. Lord. So everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith. Our faith. Amen. Our faith. Our faith. Mm -hmm. My faith. My faith is my victory in overcoming my circumstances in my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
And in that statement, God had very little room. (laughs) My faith in him, my faith in his word, my faith in who he is, my faith in his grace and his power and ability that he's provided for my life, that is how I access and gain all that he has for me to overcome. So we've been saying this, if this is true, then we want to know all that we need to know about faith. And as we said last week, faith is not just one static level in our lives. We don't just get saved one day and then we just have the same amount of faith for the rest of our walk with God down here on earth. And then we move to heaven and we bump it up a notch. No, no. Faith is very much, we said, like currency. It comes and it goes. In your checking account, sometimes there's a good number, sometimes there's a low number. And faith is very much like that. If you don't believe me, read the Gospels and the New Testament, you know, the rest of the New Testament, the, the epistles. Why? Because Jesus and different ones, they talk about having great faith. Then they tell other people, you have little faith. And then different ones would say that there's going to be people that are weak in faith. Praise the Lord. The weak in faith you're going to have with you always. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Woohoo! What does that mean? You get to carry them along with you. Glory to God. That means you better have more faith than you need for just you so you can help somebody else when they need it. Glory to God. So we need to be interested in this subject of our faith. Because we're going to need it to overcome the world. And according to scriptures, other people are going to need our faith at times. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so we're interested in growing in faith, expanding in faith, gaining, if we could say it that way, gaining faith. Faith comes and faith goes. Faith is expended just like you would get a deposit in your checking account for the work that you've done for the week and then you write some checks or you go online and you pay your bills and that money leaves. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord, it leaves. And so what do you need to do? You need to get yourself back up in the morning and go to work to gain more money, to get more in your account so that more can leave. Mm-hmm. It's a constant process. Well, so is faith. Glory to God. So. Romans 10, 17 is where we went next last week. We're just doing a quick review here. I know most of you were here, but it's good to hear it again. Romans 10 and verse 17. It says this, so faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. So according to this verse, how does faith come? Hearing the word. From hearing the word. You can hear the word preached. You can hear the word taught. You can hear the word by uh, reading the scriptures on your own. And uh, your, your uh, spirit man will hear that, praise the Lord, and receive that. You have to hear the word. And we said this last week. If Hearing from God is the only way that faith can come and faith can increase, then we ought to be very interested in spending time 
in the word. We ought to be very interested in coming to church and hearing the word preached. Why? Because it's our opportunity to hear. And if we hear, then faith comes. Amen. Amen. But hearing doesn't just mean we're in a room where the word is being preached. I came to church. That's good, right? Mm -hmm. Congratulations. I'll give you a sticker on the way out of the door. But did you hear what was oh. preached? <laughs> because the only way faith comes is if you actually hear. Praise the Lord. I, again, I will say this. I'm preaching to myself. Glory to God. Listen, we can get in such a rut as Christians. I, I mean... Any human being likes the, gets, you know, you can get into the rut of going to work every day and it just gets mundane and, and you can uh, lose the joy of doing what you're called to do. Yeah. And people can do that about coming to church. People can do that about reading the word, right? I got to read my scriptures before I go to work because that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, how much are we actually going to hear and gain faith? If, I mean, if that's all you're doing, still read the word. <laughs> because, you know, there's a small glimmer of chance that God may be able to actually get through to you, praise the Lord, and you might wake up in the middle of reading that and say, wait a second, what did that say? <laughs> but we've got we've to check ourselves in our hearing. We... Nobody else can hear for me what I need to hear. No, nobody else can do it. My husband can't do it for me. That's right. And I can't do it for him. We laugh because, um, you know, when we, first, when we first got married, they gave us a list of books we were supposed to read before we, you know, in our counseling or whatever, a list of books that we were supposed to read. And um, so I read them. And he read the title, the cover of the book. You know, I, I don't, it wasn't this book, but you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That was a big book way in the, way back there. He goes, I, I get it. I read the cover. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're supposed to keep reading. Like there's actually more detail on the inside. He didn't want the detail. He just wanted the general. Well, there's a different level of hearing. Yes. <laughs> It's a different level of hearing, right? Uh, my husband wrote, it's funny because now he writes books. And so we're constantly reading over and over, the same thing over and over. But I mean, he wrote a book called Simple Faith. What we're preaching today is in the book, yes. Simple Faith. But, um, you know, if you just look at the cover, faith, simple, good, we're good. Here we go. No, there's more to it than that. Read the book, you know? And so that's what God is, is trying to get uh, over to us is if, if faith is our victory yes. and the only way faith comes is from hearing, then we want to make sure that, I mean, before we start marching out in faith to conquer the mountain that's just come into our life, we better make sure that faith has come and that we have the right level of faith that we need. If I'm going to go buy an item at the mall, I better make sure that there's something in my bank account yeah. 
before I go hand them my debit card, yep. right? Because otherwise, I might have a beautiful pile of clothes there and shoes, right? You have to have shoes to go with the clothes. But, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how big the pile is or what the number is. If, if I give them that card and it goes, eh, I'm sorry, this one's declined. And they always whisper, this one's declined. <laughs> I love it. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. What does that mean? There's not enough there. There's not enough in the bank to cover the pile that you have just put on the counter. Okay. Maybe you guys have never been there. Faith is the same way. And trust me, there will be times in our lives where we're going to need a pile of faith, if I could say that without being irreverent. We're going to need a bunch. Praise the Lord. Yes. And it's not a bad thing. It's actually a pleasure and a joy Amen. to trust in him Amen. enough to step out in faith. Yes and believe that his word is what it says it is and he is who he says he is and he Amen. will do all that he said he will do glory to God and you will see in the natural all that he said you can see yes. it's Amen. a joy it's a pleasure but not if you've gotten up to the counter and it declines Praise the Lord. So, faith comes from hearing. Amen. And we said this last week, it was a phrase that um, came out, quality hearing. Mm. There's, there's a purposefulness in our hearing that we must train ourselves yes. in. Train ourselves to hear what's being said, what's being preached, what's being read so that we're hearing and it's getting planted in our spirit. Mm -hmm. Turn with me to James 1.21. James 1.21. Hallelujah. Effective hearing will change your life. It will transform your life because it will get, the word will get planted in your spirit where it can grow and it will change and transform how you think. It will renew your mind. And when your mind is renewed to the things of God, everything changes. You see things differently than anyone else sees them. Why? Because you see in faith. You see the way God sees. And it changes everything. Praise the Lord. James 1.21, it says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive, 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 with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now pull this up in the Amplified for me. It says, get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and, I love this, welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts 
has the power to save your soul. Which, when we see this word soul, many times in the, especially in the New Testament, it's talking about our minds, our will. It's, about, it's able to help this noggin of ours think right. That's what he means. Why? Because you say, save your soul. By, I'm already saved. Yeah, your spirit man is new, uh, born anew to God, but your mind needs help. My mind needs help. And how does he say our mind, our soul will be helped, will be saved by learning how to receive and welcome the word of God into our hearts and let it plant down on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. So there's an art to this thing called hearing. There's an art to receiving. Now, I love this because it says receive and welcome the word. So when we see this, when you can think of when someone's knocking at your front door. You can go receive and welcome them. Mm-hmm. Or you can open the door a crack and find out what they're trying to sell. Yeah. And say, I'm sorry, I don't have time and close the door. Right? It's your choice. It's not the person at the door knocking. It's your choice whether you welcome them in or not. And here's what people do with the word oftentimes. They filter the word through their mind. And, and, and it stops at their mind and it doesn't get down into their heart. Why? Because instead of welcoming the word with the humble, gentle, modest spirit, they stand at the door of their heart and argue with the word. They'll argue. Why? Because they'll read something about who they are in Christ. That the love of God is shed abroad in their heart, poured into their life. And and that uh, the love of God dwells on the inside of them. And they'll read it and their mind will argue. No, it's not. I'm mad at so-and-so. I can't stand Aunt B. I can't. I, I don't want to talk to my coworker because they've been driving me crazy. That love's not in me. What are they doing? They're standing at the door of their heart, opening it up a crack to hear what the word says and saying, nope, sorry, not welcome. That's not true. Wow. People will find out, uh, read about who they are in Christ. And it's amazing what will happen because of their insecurity and how they see themselves in the mirror. They'll be like, that's not true. Close the door. Wow. Wow. Or you're in prayer and the Lord deals with you. I want you to give this to somebody. I want you to talk to somebody about me. I want you to do something for me. And they will sit there and say, I can't do that. I don't know how many preachers I've listened to who said that they were so nervous about public speaking that they were, you know, they'd get sick, physically sick, if they got called up in English class or had to give a report or something like that. And God would call them to preach. Well, Moses, right? Mm -hmm. Moses was that way. He said, God, I can't do that. I can't speak. And they'd, so it, the word that God is speaking to them is coming through their mind and it's getting caught. It's getting caught. It's not going deep down into their heart. It's not because it's not being received with a gentle, modest spirit. 
What's a gentle, modest spirit? Somebody who's just weak and lays down? No, somebody who understands God knows more than me. And so if he's saying this to me, obviously he, he is aware that there are abilities in me by his grace that I don't know I have yet. And then if you're a modest, gentle spirit, you'll start to think of other scriptures will, the spirit will bring to you and you'll say, oh, the word says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hmm, maybe I should open the door to what God has asked me to do. Maybe I should open the door of my heart to what the word says about me, that I can do it if God's called me to do it. Do you see what that, uh, it's, so, it's so different. So people will stand, they'll, they'll sit in the seats and in their minds they will argue with what's being preached. Mm -hmm. I've done it myself because that's our natural tendency. You might, you might read something, uh, you might read something and it just looks impossible. It's something that just could not happen in your own life. Yeah. But if it's the word, mm -hmm. if it's the word of God, it is true. And so this verse gives us a glimpse of how to receive it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to receive and welcome the word. Amen. It's an attitude yes. of your heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. So... Okay, I'm going to change to make sure that every time I'm hearing the word, when I'm sitting down to breakfast and open up my Bible, I'm going to make sure before I even read one scripture that I'm, I'm doing it with an open, uh, uh, an open spirit, an open mind, and I'm going to welcome and receive the word. But Jesus gave us uh, another hint about this thing called receiving the word. Would you turn with me to Mark chapter 4? We doing okay today? Yes. Mark chapter 4. These may th sound like such basic things to say and, and to minister on. And it may be scriptures that we've heard over and over. But I promise you, there are a multitude of Christians that don't do these things. And therefore, in their life, they're not overcoming, they're failing. And whenever a, a football team gets together, a soccer team, whatever it is, for the beginning practice of the new season, they're going to go over the basics. They, they, they're not going to go over the trick plays on the first practice. They're going to go over the basics. And that's what we're doing. We're going over the basics. So Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 14, it says this. Jesus is explaining a parable that he just uh, taught the people. And his disciples got with him and said, what were you talking about? And Jesus gives the explanation. In verse 14, it says, the sower sows the word. We talked last week a little bit about this, the word being seed. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes 
and takes away the word that is sown in them. So not only does our heart have to be in the right position to receive the word, but according to Jesus, when the word is being received by us, how many understand that we're not the only ones in church today? Uh, the enemy, his demons will come to churches all over this planet and they will immediately try to what? Take away the word that's being sown. Amen. Not just in church, but anytime you're in prayer and the Lord speaks to you. If your mind doesn't talk you out of it, the enemy will. Anytime you're reading the word and it looks impossible, if your mind doesn't talk you out of it, the enemy's going to try to snatch that word away. So uh, when we talk about uh, receiving the word, I really, my husband's used this uh, illustration. I can't think of a better illustration than a receiver in football. Now, in football, you have the offense, you have the defense, right? They're opposing one another. The offense is trying to get down the field to get the points, get the touchdown, get the field goal. And you have your quarterback. Everybody, even if you know, don't know about football, you typically know who the quarterback is. He's the guy that throws the ball, right? Sometimes he hands it to somebody, but he's in charge. And so what they have in the offensive line, they have different positions one of them is a wide receiver he his own his job is to run down the field to where he's told to go jump up in the air at the right time and receive catch that ball pull it into himself turn land on two feet in bounce and turn around and run towards the end zone as fast as he can and they're pretty good at it next week we'll have the super bowl you'll see some really good ones if you choose to watch, praise the Lord. I like good football. I don't watch bad games, praise the Lord. But here's the thing. Some people think the only job of the receiver is to catch the ball. That is not his only job. Why? Because it's not just offense out there. There's defense. And the defenders don't want him to catch the ball. Not only do they not want him to catch the ball, if he does catch the ball, they will immediately come and try and dislodge that ball. They're going to try and hit him. They're going to try and knock that ball out. They will do whatever they have to do, technically within the limits of the game, but sometimes outside the limits or rules. They will do whatever's necessary to stop him receiving. Mm -hmm. And that's the enemy's job. He will do whatever it takes to stop you from hearing and receiving the word. Why? Because he knows what happens once you've received it and planted it down in your heart. Faith comes. And if faith comes, then faith is usable. And if faith is usable, then he will not gain the victory because he understands that our faith is the victory that overcomes him. And so if he can stop you from 
hearing, from receiving. If he can talk you out of it before it's planted on the inside of you. And when I mean planted on the inside of you, I mean you come out of your prayer closet, you come out of the time reading the word, you come out of this service and you say, bless God, I'm getting to the other side of this situation. I understand that I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. I understand that I have the victory because faith belongs to me and I can hear his word and gain an understanding. You start talking what's been planted. That's right. Amen. Amen. When the word is sown, Satan will immediately come and try to dislodge. When you watch that Super Bowl next week, there's going to be some receivers. Some will be victorious. Some will not. The first thing a receiver needs to do is go to where the quarterback tells him to go. Before the play even begins, they huddle and they tell, they call the play. I don't know how they call the plays. They have different codes. They say different things. They call the play. And if his number's called, if his play is called, and then he knows I have to get myself from this line to that yard line to that spot, and then I'm going I'm to run as fast as I can to get there, and at the just the right time, I'm going to turn around, and the ball's going to be right there. I'm going to receive. So the first thing we need to do, get to the right spot. Glory to God. Where's the right spot? Your local church, the word of God, making carving out time to receive, making sure that we are putting priority on receiving. We're going to get to the right spot. Amen. Second thing, you better jump up and you, whatever it takes, you're going to catch that ball. Wow. Yeah. Amen. I'm coming to church to receive. I'm going to catch all that God has for me. Why? Because my life depends on it. Yes. And trust me, that's the way those football players think out there. My life, my career depends on whether I catch this or not. Right. Amen. <laughs> the, the game depends on it, but my, my career depends on it. And so he's going to do everything in his power to jump up there and get that ball. And then he's got to know. As soon as he's up in the air and his hands are out, that there is going to be an enemy right there, sometimes two or three, wow. Wow. trying to dislodge it. Wow. So just be aware of it. Yeah. I mean, don't be surprised when, when, when you wake up on Sunday morning and something's wrong with your car. Yeah. Or, you know, your kids get a fight. Uh, when I was uh, younger in the things of God, our music minister at this church that we went to, uh, the music pastor and his wife, they had five, five boys, like age six and down. Oh, wow. And she said those boys, Monday through Saturday, were up 5.45, 6 a.m. on the dot. Uh -huh. Every day, Monday through Saturday. Sunday morning. She goes, every Sunday morning. It is a fight. These kids decide to sleep in. It is a fight. And of course, they're the music pastors. They got to be there early for rehearsal. And da, 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 da. I mean, she goes, it is a fight. And she goes, the kids get in fights with each other because they're tired. She goes, we go to bed an hour early on Saturday nights. You know, we're, we do whatever we can so that they get enough sleep. So they'll just, what is that? That's just the enemy trying to mess with people so that when they get to church, they're so frazzled, they're not in a state to receive. 
What do you got to do? Recognize it. Oh, no, you're not, you're not messing with me. I don't care what happens. I'm getting to where I can yes, receive. So I'm right. getting to my position. The quarterback's made the call. I've got to get there. Amen. I'm getting there. Amen. I'm receiving. I'm pulling it down. And I don't care what defenders are there. You know, I've, I've heard different ones say they'll minister for several weeks on healing and everyone in the church got sick. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? The enemy is going to test with symptoms whether you're hearing yes. what's being ministered. Don't be surprised. He's just trying to steal what you've been hearing. That's right. Amen. Amen. He's trying to steal so you can't receive and gain the faith you need. He immediately comes and tries to take it away. So he goes on in this passage, and we won't take the time today to to read it all, but you can read it when you get home. But he talks about how different ways that Satan will come and try to steal the word. And it's all about how people are hearing, hearing, hearing. All four of these examples are people that heard. They did hear the word. But something happened to pull that word away. And verse 20, it says these. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and what? Accept it. And bear fruit. What's that? They've gained faith. They overcome. That's bearing fruit. Gaining faith. Overcoming the world. Gaining faith. And getting your victory. Amen. They hear the word. So last week, we'll finish this up here. Last week, we read uh, Proverbs 4 and verse 20 in the New Living. I'll just read it to you for time's sake. But it says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. That is the goal. Why? Because that's how faith comes. When it's penetrated in your heart. Now, how do you know that faith has actually come and been planted in the right spot? What's your gauge? How do you know? Very good. Jesus gave us a clue. He said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. When you hear yourself talking, what you just heard Sunday morning, what you just read Monday morning, when you hear it coming out of your mouth from the inside of you, that's how you know it was planted correctly. Why? Because it's changing what you say. Why has it changed what you say? Because the word has changed how you see things, how you think about things. Faith changes you. It changes the what you see, how you see things. It changes what you say before you ever get to the victory in the natural. 
Praise the Lord. That is a whole lot to receive for today. So why don't we stand to our feet? The first thing we need to know about faith is that it has to come. It has to come. If we don't have it come, there's no way to spend it later. You can't go borrow somebody else's. I mean, you can borrow somebody else's faith. That, that's the amazing thing about God. He has given us some, some great opportunities to lean on other people as we're learning how to walk by faith. Amen. But for those of us who know about faith, oh, yeah. it is our job yes. <laughs> to make sure faith is always coming, that we're always hearing. Praise the Lord. And we're always gaining Amen. because we will always be spending. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My husband's like, we're always spending, aren't we? Yep, we're always spending. Glory to God. There's always something else to buy. It's always fun to go buy it. Glory to God. Most of the time it's fun. So we've always got to be gaining. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. Father, we determine to be the best receivers in the business. Thank you for it. Thank you for helping us to walk out all that you have for us. Thank you that faith can come. And so we will open ourselves up to your word this week and receive it and welcome it into our hearts with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.